Hi, this is Renee. Hey, Renee, this is Joel from The End of Everything. Hey, man, how's it going? It's going well. How are you? Oh, very good. Just uh, staying warm, even though it doesn't get that cold here in South Texas. How about y'all? Same. Yeah. Trying to stay warm, even though it doesn't get that cold in Las Vegas. I mean, it's cold to us. You know, whatever it is, it's like 50 out, and that, to me, is cold. Yeah, well, that's not I've that bad. A, I've be. I've become a tropical person. I grew up in in Buffalo, New York, so it was oh, I could handle yeah. negative negative cold. Yeah. But I lived out here now for like 15 years and I just I can't handle it anymore now. <laughs> you got spoiled. <laughs> yeah, I got that my blood got thin. I'm getting old and it's just yeah, no more for me. I think Scott's going to also call so we can um combine the call or yeah, whatever, cool, man. whatever yeah, that's man. called. I don't know. Yeah. Not that technologically advanced, even, even with cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I visited Vegas uh, a few years back, and it happened to have been like in January. It was for like a, it was a, a weapons of mass destruction class, and I mean they had people from all over the nation. So yeah, I, I mean I met some people from New York and upstate, and you know up north, and you know I'm freezing my ass off, and it's like ten degrees, you know, and these guys are just wearing sweaters, saying that it feels nice out there. <laughs> No way. No thanks. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, did you want to wait before we get started uh, with any of the questions? Uh, totally up to you, man. Yeah, he had just he had just texted me and oh. asked me for the number again, so I just okay, yeah. sent it to him. So I would assume he'll be calling you any second now. Cool, cool. Very nice. So, uh, I guess you know, other than you know being in a band, what else do you do? Work. Uh, well, as I we're yeah we're we're a bunch we're an old band when it comes to band members you know when you look at i guess you know starting and starting and being young and hardcore when you're like you know 13 to 18 right. we're all in our we're all 40 plus now so we oh. all have you know normal adult jobs and families and right. kids and so yeah i mean i guess just being boring adults at this point you know yeah yeah i'm right there with you man i'm 45 so i, I hear you <laughs> yeah it's not a young it's not an old man's game i guess but i guess we're defying the odds by still being a band and and still having fun and still you know oh hell yeah there's man. that there's that there's that line we've scott and i have talked about this a lot there's this line it's imaginary but it's there of when you go from cool veteran scene guy yeah. to like creepy old guy who's just standing there being weird and i don't know exactly where that is yeah but it's it's i'm sure it's a, i'm closer than i am further away from it right as as long as uh no one obviously points it out i guess just keep going right i'll just be i'll just be blind to it and just act like i'm yeah i'm still hip i'm yeah. still hip with you young kids that's right i don't know i don't know what these other guys are talking about <laughs> yeah, who's that creepy guy? Not yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, they must be looking at the other guy behind me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you look at the Rolling Stones and you know ACDC and you know Iron Maiden. All these bands are—I mean, shit—they're still bringing it, man. They're still putting out you know new albums. So, yeah, fuck yeah, keep on right. going. And even even big bands and hardcore are old dudes. You know, yeah, the oh, yeah. Agnostic Front, Sick of yeah. It All, Madball, Terror. Yes, but they're big bands. We're yeah. a baby band. So if you're doing it and you're making a living being in that band, like, that's awesome. Right. But if you're, like, the young dude playing, like, house shows 
You know, people are like, who's this guy? Yeah. You know, are you here with your kid? Are you here with your kid? Yeah. Oh, I think he might be calling me. Is this somebody's dad? Let me what's see going if I can, on? <laughs> um, hold and accept. Let me see if I can, hold on one second. Let me see sure. if I can get us in. Sure. Hello? Yes. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah. Lord, what's going on? Wait, look at that. Technology. It worked out. Hey, Scott, this is Renee. Nice to meet you, man, over the phone. How's it going? It's going fantastic. So uh, I guess we'll, you know, jump into the songs. Uh, you know, Joe was telling me, I mean, y'all guys are a little bit older band, you know, be, you know, age-wise. But the music that y'all have, that y'all putting out is still, it's still kicking ass, you know, compared to some younger bands, you know, they're probably half the age. Would that be an accurate assessment? I mean, we'd, we'd, we'd like to think so, you know? I mean, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, obviously, hardcore is not necessarily reinventing the wheel. Right. Um, but it's still, you know, a lot of things that they don't have to be, you know, complex to be good, you know? I mean, songs in the 50s, you know, like, we're like three chords, you know, verse, chorus, verse, and they're, they're classic, you know? So oh, yeah. I think you can do a lot with, with that kind of mindset, you know what I mean? And it doesn't have to be complex so i just think we have a lot of uh different influences that we kind of like like to put in in there and hopefully hopefully it's a little different than you know every other hardcore band that you've heard or it you know it harkens you back to something that you like in hardcore so right that's kind of at least how like our our view is on it at least mine is yeah and that and that's definitely is for, for me uh i was talking to joe i mean I'm, I'm an older guy too i mean i i mean i'm 45 so i grew up with you know some of the old hardcore bands, and and listening to this EP, I was, I was reminded of some, of some influences like of Earth Crisis. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah we, like like one of your Joel's favorite bands. Yeah. yeah, we've talked about it when we were writing songs. We're always like, that kind of sounds like you know, that sounds like an old Earth Crisis song, yeah. or that, or we'll even we'll even like say that about the song, like. Play that. How does that song go? Yeah, it, it starts with the hate breed riff, and then it goes into that little, goes into that turmoil part in the middle, and then it goes fast, and then it goes back to the hate breed part. And that's how I mean, that's what we've listened to. We we love that mid '90s hardcore. That that that's what brought us into hardcore. Is that you know that that Earth Crisis and Stripe and yeah. and all those bands like that that we kind of sound like. People have told us that we sound like. Yeah. But I think. I've, I've said this in a, in, a, in a previous interview, but like because we like so many bands and we have such a broad spectrum of influences, I feel like it kind of gives us that little bit of an edge to stand out because people will say like you kind of sound like blank, and we've never heard yeah. the same band twice. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a really I think it's a really good feeling that people are like yeah, you know, someone tells us we sound like Turmoil, someone tells us we sound like Earth Crisis, someone tells us we sound like Burn. Yeah. So it kind of gives us like a little bit of everything that we are trying to do right and it, and it's kind of also like a compliment though too i mean because these are kick-ass bands you know and they, i mean they've been around for a long period of time and they even though the, the, you know they're not made, be together as a band their music you can still put it on and, and still get pumped up listening to it you know yeah definitely i know that like uh, uh the drummer from one of our friends band mysteries uh, wrist meets razor um the drummer the first mm -hmm. time he saw us play he said oh you guys really sound like turmoil and that was like a huge compliment for me because i mean turmoil 
that the, the record of the process of I think came out like '95 or something, and it's like even to this day I feel like it's still it's still relevant. Like it's it was so ahead of its time. So that was like such a huge compliment for I think for for me and Joel, you know, because like we we just we love that band, we love what they did, and they were, I think they were so musically ahead of their time. So yeah, yeah it's definitely a big compliment when we hear things like that. No, I'm sure, and and that's one of the great things about I guess hardcore music in general, to where I guess there's a challenge in a in a sense to write music that's you know the music and the lyrics to where it'll be timeless in a sense to where I mean it can fit in any year and it'll still be relevant yeah i i, I would agree i mean it's yeah i mean it's, it's challenging you know i mean because again you, you can't necessarily reinvent the wheel but you also can't write the same record a hundred thousand times you know what i mean like um you can't you know it's it, so you, you got to kind of walk that that fine line and i think you know joel had also kind of mentioned this on a, on a separate interview while, while i was watching and um i think his his approach um, lyrically is a little bit, a little bit d- different than like, you know, maybe some of the, the bands that maybe were our contemporaries. So, you know, that, and then kind of our musical take ho- hopefully makes it a little bit novel. So it's like a little bit more interesting than, than some of, some other people are, are doing. Yeah. Now, is there a specific reason that y'all decided to, you know, name the, the album or the EP things are about to change? Is that just a mindset of where y'all are at when y'all were writing? So this this EP is actually the first collective record that we as a full band has written. So the first the the our previous release is a digital EP that was a collection of two demos. Mm-hmm. The first demo that we recorded was just Scott and I. So Scott played guitar and bass, I played drums and I sang. Yeah. And then the second EP uh, one of the songs was written by a, a former guitar player. He wrote the music, he wrote the lyrics, he wrote everything. So it's like a his type of song. Um, so this this EP is really our first collective four piece um, release that is our full band all participating in the songwriting process. Yeah. Um, so so the. Things are about the things are about to change is a line from from the company I keep. Um, it's a really it's a group gang vocals part, so it really stands out in the song, and it has a lot to do with the entire concept of the record. So the entire record is a not collectively it, it, it's not a concept album, but a lot of the the themes are kind of stories of things that are going on in in, in life, and so things are about to change. When we thought of that, was like that's a really good name for an EP because it's coming out at the end of the year. We just had this election that was a huge thing in the country. Yeah. Uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, hope, we're hoping that in the next, you know, six to seven months, things are going to be opening back up again. We can go to shows again. I mean, we've been watching bands doing Instagram live shows and live streaming shows. So it's, everything is in a, is in a big, everything's a big question mark right now about what is going to happen going forward. And even, when there is, um, you know, people are getting vaccinated and when you go to a show, like even those things are going to change, like in between bands, like you can't just take the microphone off the stand and hand it to another band. Like there's going to have to be like sanitizing processes in place. And, you know, do you, do you put the mic into the crowd and let the people sing along because that's what you've always done. But you know, now that's not going to be the case, at least for a while, like until we get back to, 
whatever we consider normal. So, right. yes, things are about to change. I mean, a, a lot of things across uh, across our lives are, are going to be changing. Yeah. And, the, and that's a crazy thing to think about, you know, towards the future. Is, you know, how hardcore, you know, punk shows and metal shows to where, I mean, it's very interactive between the band and the music and the fans to where, yeah, you're right. It's going to... It's going to be weird, <laughs> but I mean, I think we're going to do whatever we can to make it happen either way. Cause you know, we all want to get to the shows. Y'all want to be playing live. So I, we're going to go through whatever hoops we need to just to make it there. Right. If I got to wear a mask when I'm in the crowd and I want to, if I want to dance for a band, like if I got to wear a mask and I got to, you know, not, you know, not hit anybody in the face or whatever, yeah. that's fine. Like if I just got to stand there and just listen to the music, that's fine too. Yeah. If I got to stand on stage and I have to be, you know, several feet away from the crowd because we don't want to be, you know, everyone interacting. Okay, fine. But whatever I have to do or we collectively have to do to play a show and be able to go to shows and see bands and see our friends is, is what we'll have to do. And, and we're all, I think most people in the hardcore scene are, are, you know, believers that we'll do whatever we have to 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 keep the venues going keep the bands going and, and keeping the scene going oh yeah for sure now for when y'all came you were mentioning that you're there was a whole group collective and, and writing this ep i'm assuming everybody lives in vegas to where that made it a little bit easier or is are people spread out yeah we're we're all in vegas so um so that definitely helps, you know, before everything, you know, we would practice once a week so we can all get together on a pretty regular basis. Um, for, for, for recording, um, it, you know, we, we really went into high mode when, um, when the shutdown happened. Um, luckily enough, I have a studio in my house and, um, our drummer Chris has a studio in his house and we both, you know, are able to have the ability to record. So, you know, when we're demoing and stuff, we actually recorded um, our record in, <laughs> in my house, in my studio. So that, you know, that having that option was, was really nice to be able to do. Um, so we, we kind of figured we'd use that time, you know, that downtime, so to speak, to be creative and to, be, and to know, to have, to have our outlet. And, um, you know, our, we, we, everyone stayed six feet apart and, you know, uh, <laughs> they're in a certain corner of the room and someone's behind the drum shield. And, uh, right. you know, we're, we did our, 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 our best to, to, to do things so we could, you know, we, we could support, you know, that, that initiative because we do want to get back to things. We don't want to just like, you know not pay attention to the rules and stuff like that. So we are able to kind of like safely record together. So uh, yeah. it, it turned out pretty good. Yeah. Now, was there a, a collective, you know, mindset to just release an EP this time around as opposed to a full album? The, our, our record label, uh, War Against Records, had matches, had texted me and he, uh, Ryan was like, what do you guys want to do, an EP or a full length? And I texted our group chat that, and the second I texted, I was like, "Oh no, this Scott's gonna want to do a full length because mm -hmm. he has so many songs like just stuck <laughs> oh, yeah. away. Like it, it, he's he's got a like you said he's got a studio, so he just writes riffs yeah. and has drum tracks and just clicks going. And so he's he's probably got fifteen twenty songs just sitting there on the shelf waiting. Yeah. So when I mentioned that, he was like full length right away, and I was like, "Oh no, I don't have I don't have enough <laughs> brain capacity right now to write lyrics for." you know, eight or nine more songs. At yeah. this point, we'd only had two two songs that were completely done. And we had a third that was just about done. Um, and then we wrote the, the fourth song. The last song that we wrote was, was The Company I Keep. And for me, musically, like that song is like, 
so good. Like, I, I love all of our songs. You know, of course, I could sit there and pick what's my favorite and what's my favorite musically and lyrically. Mm-hmm. But when, when, when we finished The Company I Keep, it was like, I feel like it was like taking us to that next level of, of, band, of being a band. And like, the riff was super good and the drumming. And Chris had, from when he started playing drums in our band until... Um, till that song, like he has gotten so much better and his, his fills were so much tighter and his double bass was so much tighter. And I was like, wow, this song is really good. Like I was nervous to write lyrics for that song because I didn't want to ruin the song by having less than really good lyrics. Um, so when we finished off that fourth song, I was like, let's, let's demo these. So we demoed them all individually in our own respective places. We just did you know, drums at Chris's house and Scott did guitars at his house. And then we all did everything separately. So uh, we demoed them and we we were happy with them. We just made some notes, you know, as to, um, you know, picking up tempos and changing tempos and a couple parts changed and a couple lyrics got tweaked. And we just came back and and just did it again. And we were just so happy and we wanted to get something out um, because we, you know, hardcore is, you could be popular one day and you could be nobody the next day. So we wanted to make sure that we were, we were, we were keeping ourselves in, in people's minds, um, letting people still listen to music and, and be able to buy music and buy some T-shirts and, and everything else because we wanted people to still, during the during this pandemic, to still be able to hear new music and listen to us so that when we come back to playing shows, hopefully, like, we won't miss a beat and they, the, the, the crowd won't miss a beat and we can just go, you know, right back into, into go mode. Right. Yeah, and that seems to be the the general consensus, you know, with the other bands that I've talked of them releasing albums during this time or EPs. It's just, I mean, we, the we as fans need it. I mean, you're a music fan yourself too, to where you know anything that comes out, it's just it's helping you bide your time until shows are able to come back. Definitely. Yeah, and kind of even even yeah. even getting you uh, maybe some positive attitude too i mean uh, i'm sure y'all got the new uh hate breed album so i mean <laughs> jamie and the guys nailed it with that too yeah there's been a lot of good releases over the past like couple months um you know a, a fellow vegas band spirit world put out like a rad record just yeah lots of lots of stuff's been been coming out which you know you kind of expect everyone's had this downtime so that's kind of that's kind of cool that everyone's been able to kind of channel that energy and, and, and put it towards something that's really cool as far as you know um, music goes yeah now do you expect that uh you know with maybe within the next coming months because i mean we have been kind of shut down for a little bit to where music is going to be changing or hardcore music is going to be changing in a sense to where it's going to be a little bit more angrier especially with you know the way we have everything, you know, socially and politically going on right now. That's that's an interesting it's an interesting uh, thing to consider. I mean, definitely, you know, there's a lot of angry people out there. You know, I mean, obviously, just this last week we saw anger, you know, spill out like in, in the Capitol, and yeah. we've seen you know Black Lives Matter, and we've seen you know trump rallies and we've seen all this different anger towards all these different things and um yeah i mean i think a lot of people are pissed off and um i think that you know at least how i view it you know we tried you know i i know i me personally i'm pissed off about a lot of things there's a lot of political issues and social issues that really you know really upset me or i'd like to make some change um so i think you know we kind of try hopefully in the hardcore scene you know we try to to 
to speak to these lyrically and, you know, in the things that we do while we're at shows to kind of make some change. And hopefully that will kind of, you know, it won't be just us burning something down, but us building something up that's stronger. So hopefully that, that kind of can, tr- can translate. Yeah. That's a good idea. And I mean, that's where musicians kind of have like a platform to, to, I mean, not to put it all on the musicians, but I mean, y'all have a great platform to kind of, sometimes some people need a little bit of guidance. Yeah, we definitely, we're, we're not necessarily a political band. We don't sing about things that are political, but that's just because that's not the type of lyric writer I am. Yeah. But we're all very much so involved in, in political things, and we're all on the same page as each other, and we're all hopefully on page on the same page as most people in the hardcore scene, the, the underdogs trying to, to help out each other and 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 work towards a common goal where everyone is treated equally i mean for for years hardcore has been a, a good old boys club where when you see a, a you know somebody an outsider or a younger person or or a female in a, in a, at a show or in the pit or whatever it's always like whoa, whoa hang on a second you know but we don't we don't hopefully we don't we, we all don't think that and hopefully the other bands that we play with you know don't think that and and don't have this this mindset that it's, you know, just boys fun or, or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, we, we collectively want to move our scene forward and, and our city forward and our state and our country forward to, to being better because we're most definitely not doing very well right now. Right. And the, and the scene has changed musically. I mean, now, I mean, it's perfectly normal to have, females in the band a female front person and even transgenders in in the music community it's it's like no big deal which is a great thing i mean it's it's moving forward in 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 a positive way yeah definitely i think that you know to some extent hardcore has kind of been um an accepting community um you know, like like I said, there, there are definitely still some some people that are kind of a little slower to move, but I think that right. maybe it's a little bit faster than normal culture to move to be accepting of of you know some of those things or social issues or whatever. So I think that you know definitely hardcore is a, a good place to you know to start. But yeah, definitely as far as a lot of things you mentioned, you know, we definitely have seen that you know over the last year, you know, um, you know people, you know, it's it's not it's not for you know a young white male, you know I mean? That doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be the, the norm. You don't have to follow any type of stereotype, whether it be who you are as a person or musically, you know, there's like bands that are doing like, you know, big, like different things, you know, like I saw on Lambgo uh, the other day, this kind of this band that had like this kind of girl singer, not that it matters, but like, but, but musically they were also kind of like this different thing and then it got heavy and it, it was interesting. And, it, you know, I was, you know, watch it, read the comments and Lamgo and, and like almost everyone was accepting him. There's a couple people that, that kind of dogged on it. And, and, and you know, the, uh, the, the comments tend to be kind of like, uh, troll central, but yeah, yeah, yeah. people seem like really accepting that. I, I thought that was really cool. You know, that, that people can kind of come outside their shell a little bit or outside that box and, uh, and kind of look at things from a different perspective. Yeah. Now, if, you know, for me, when I look back at hardcore music, it's always been, you know, something to where it, you know, gathers people together you know kind of like the outsiders who are makes you feel like you're not alone and it's always been a voice to 
to talk about the injustices of the political government or how people are being abused and and it's always been a great platform uh do you have did y'all notice that and and see it that way too and did it kind of help you along the way also yeah i think the, the hardcore scene has always been um there to help people who are are down on their luck or are being treated less than um We've played a couple, um, our local bookers, Black Path Booking, um, has set up a couple of Christmas shows the last uh, two years, not this year, but the previous two years, yeah. where uh, entry fee was a toy or clothing or blankets, and we were able to donate you know, tons and tons of toys and, and gifts for people that are less fortunate. And uh, of course, Toys for Tots and big concerts are, are a thing too, where People are donating and it's a great cause, but I feel like the hardcore community as a whole has always been looking out for each other. Yes, there's fights at hardcore shows. There's, you know, there's that pent up aggression or there's the hardcore kid who's hardcore dancing during a metal band or a metal guy who's trying to metal mosh during a hardcore band. So there's always been that, you know, there's always fights and aggression. We're dealing with very aggressive music and very aggressive lyrics and, and singing so of course there's going to be some clashing here and there and it's unfortunate but it happens i mean it happens everywhere yeah um but the hardcore community has is, is always been so accepting of of everyone and everyone has always been welcome there and uh, we hope that that type of kindness and love can can keep going and, and maybe even show some people that are you know on the fringe like oh I, i've been to a couple of shows here and there but I haven't been to too many shows recently. Like hopefully that'll bring some people in who have been, you know, in quarantine or, or are down on their luck, you know, because they, they've lost their job or they're laid off or, you know, they've, they've, you know, they've got their house taken away or they've lost their, their they can't pay their rent, whatever that is, you know, hopefully some people can, can take some of this, their pent up aggression and release it in a positive way. Um, whether it be going to a show or starting a band or, or contributing in some way that I think can, can help people in the long run. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and to piggyback on that, you know, like for, for me, I, you know, I remember the first hardcore show I went to, I didn't know one single person at this show. And I was like really new to hardcore music. And I walked up and I was kind of standing outside by myself and just, just someone some came started talking to me and like, and then, and then introduced me to, Oh, Hey, meet this person. And it was like such a really cool community. Um, and that's why I think, you know, it, I, I, I'm where I'm at now. My life is literally where I am because I was welcomed in by this family of people who were like-minded. Um, and it really kind of pushed me to that next level in certain things. So like, for example, you know, I was vegetarian. I had been for a couple of years, but you know, veganism was huge. Um, during that kind of nineties hardcore scene, yeah. you know, kind of prompted me to take that next step to be vegan. And I've been now I've been vegan for, you know, 20 something years. I mean, so for me as a person, I think that that community welcomed me in and kind of helped mold me into the person that I am now. So, I mean, I think, yeah, without hardcore, I, I, I don't know who I would be today. You know, I mean, like I said, I'm, I may be like 40 in my forties, but you know, I'm still vegan. I'm still straight edge. I still play music. You know, I, I, those are all the things that, you know, kind of like were introduced to me in that period of when I got introduced to hardcore. And that was so special to me that, you know, I've, I've continued that throughout my life and I'm, I'm definitely very thankful for that. Oh yeah. That's amazing. Now to talk about a little bit before the shutdown, 
Uh, do y'all have like a a big you know hardcore scene music scene? I'm sure Vegas is a big music scene, but hardcore specifically, is it pretty big down there? I think a hardcore scene for being such a big city is smaller than most people would think from the outside. Oh yeah. Um, but I think it's really tight knit. Um, we, we've got tons of bands locally. Um, and, and they're all really good. Like we've played with a lot. There's probably, what would you say, Scott, like 10 to 15 local bands right now in the city. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that we're, that we're aware of that play regularly, you know, but the, and that are really good. Yeah. And, and I've yet to see a band that, that I'm like, eh, they need to practice a little more. Or they're not that good. Or I'm not really impressed by them. Like everybody that we, we play shows with is really tight. Um, and there's a range of, of music from like old school melodic hardcore to metalcore to uh, New York style hardcore to you know uh, you know mathcore whatever you want to call all those different genres right. um, and, and they're all really good for what they do so yeah. I think it's it's a really it's a great scene um, you know we we have a lot of shows that come through here that when that next stop is say Anaheim that they'll play like a 1500 2000 cap room whereas here they'll play like a 350 400 person cap room but still the energy is still there and and the and hopefully like we've like we've mentioned a couple of times like once this once we're in the clear and we we can all start going out to shows again I'm I'm hoping and most people are hoping that we get this show and it's just like everyone gets to to just see each other again and and hear music live music again and it, it just kind of gives that energy back and that reminder like hey nothing lasts forever i mean scott and i went to to los angeles uh in february to see uh snapcase earth crisis and strife uh-huh. do a redo of the of the california takeover and it was awesome and we had a blast and you know a month and a half later, everything was shut down. Yeah. And it was one of those things that I'm so glad that we went because, first of all, the show was amazing. And now it's like, who knows if I'm even going to be able to see those bands again. Right. There's so many times where you see a show or a tour and you're like, well, that's a really good tour. I'd like to see that. Where's the closest place that it comes? And you're like, uh, well, you know, L.A., that's a kind of a long drive. Or Phoenix, that's a long drive. Yeah. and Or it's on a weekday and you're like, oh, I don't know, I'll see them the next time I come through. So hopefully this this shutdown that we're in the midst of kind of reminds everybody like hey if there's a show that you want to see or a band that you want to see like don't hesitate because who knows what's going to happen in in a year or two or three Uh, uh, let's you know live to the fullest and let's make sure we see these bands we support these bands and we just we just you know go on living and loving everything that we're in the midst of doing yeah i know i i you know looking at social media i kind of kicked my ass to where i didn't catch a couple of shows earlier this year and i was like well, you know, maybe I'll catch them because I know they're writing something. Maybe I'll catch them on the next tour. And and now, of course, there ain't shit going on. So I'm kind of I kind of <laughs> pissed at myself. <laughs> so, but oh well. I mean, but now, like you said, for sure, the next time to come. I mean, I've gone. You know, for myself, I live in in Corpus, which you know, a little bit closer to the bay. So sometimes I'll drive to Austin, which is like you know, kind of close to four hours away from here. So, I mean, I make the drive you know to go see some band so yeah it's for sure you know and you like you said you know going to those shows you got to support that band so they can make it to the next venue gas money food and all that stuff that they need to you know make sure they survive on the road too 
Definitely. Now, for yourselves, you know, like you, you mentioned that uh, you can't really reinvent hardcore in a sense, but, you know, you kind of have to, you know, try to put your own spin on it. Uh, so how do you think for yourselves as a band, you come in to where you think you might be able to add something different? Oh, that's that's a challenging question. You know, I think, I, I, I definitely don't know that we came into it with, with that mindset, you know, we definitely wanted to do what we liked. Um, but I think we're also very cognizant of not, you know, not playing something that's been exactly the same. So I think, you know, when, when, when we're writing stuff, you know, we, we definitely kind of have like a vein of where we, where we lie. Um, and at least for me, I, I kind of feel like we don't really sound just like anyone else. I think there's little bits of things here and there. I think that's just because, you know, musically we're, we're a little bit older and we, you know, my favorite band is the Smiths, you know, which is not a hardcore band at all, yeah. but like, you know, like, so we, we can draw in, even if they're little things, like, even if it's like a, like a vocal inspiration, like, you know, Joel vocally and lyrically draws way outside the hardcore scene, I would say. Um, you know, and, you know, for me musically, I think I draw maybe a little bit more tar towards the metal side, even though, like I said, the Smiths my favorite band, but like I grew up a total metal head and when I play music and when I write music, it tends to be pretty metal. So, you know, it's definitely, um, I think we just kind of like, there's this, this natural balance where, you know, we, we come together and, you know, I write things that are pretty metal and everyone else kind of reins me in a little bit as far as that, that goes. And I just, whatever that dynamic is, you know, kind of. Um, you know, the output is what we have. And, and ho hopefully I think it's a little bit different than everything else. It's not going to be obviously dramatically different, but, right. you know, I think we have a mind mindset of what we want to do. I think there's definitely bands that we like and we, you know, maybe we, we kind of like look to, to, to certain styles or, you know, what little pieces of what they do um, and maybe emulate that like just to some extent. Um, I think that's kind of how we approach it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as Scott was saying, like we, he writes the more melodic or, metal hardcore type riffs and then we kind of uh, Artie our bass player and Chris they'll come in with their little hey how about we do this and we play this and so it changes the it changes it around a little bit but it's still that you know really heavy you know mid 90s inspired hardcore yeah. um, but when you listen to those mid 90s hardcore bands whether it's uh, you know we'll just again we use Hatebreed as an example I love Hatebreed Satisfaction is probably one of the greatest hardcore records of all time yeah. But when you listen to Hatebreed lyrically across the spectrum, it's pretty basic, you know, Smasher Enemies hardcore. Um, and I love it. And there's nothing against them. I'm not, I'm in no way knocking them. Yeah. But when I write lyrics, it's more of the melodic hardcore or even emo style of lyrics talking about more emotional, personal things. So I, I, I really like our band because I play in it, but yeah. I, I feel like... Our, our contrast of really aggressive, hard, heavy music with lyrical content that's a little bit more uh, emotional, but still put across in a hardcore way, I think kind of gives us that that little perfect blend that, that we get right now that uh, we're hoping that people enjoy because it's it's not the same old thing. Again, it's we put our own little spin on it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And as long as Scott doesn't come in with some like '80s hair metal riff, you know, it's okay, right? <laughs> <laughs> he he has. Listen, we got about five or six side projects in the works of all of his extra stuff that we got. So we we've got plenty of stuff 
for for all of his metal outlets. Yeah, very cool. You know, of course, you know there hasn't been any tours for a while. Although I did see on social media today, um, one of the guys I I don't know if you know him, Joe Catella from Dead. He had posted something that that Fauci was saying that maybe fall we're looking towards opening everything back up for touring. But you know, yeah, I saw that, and I'm sure there's a lot of bands, bigger bands, that rely on touring oh. to to make their to make their money and to live. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel I feel for those bands and I feel for those venues that have been hit so hard um, because we're a smaller band. This is kind of our hobby, I guess you could say. Yeah. But for venues and for bigger bands, like that's their careers, and they're they've been put on hold for you know it'll be over a year. When, when oh, hopefully man. when we can start going to shows again. Yeah. So as soon as that happens, I'm sure there's going to be tours everywhere. And I know that there's some tours that have been set up in Europe and, and in Asian countries because they're further along yeah. in containing the virus than, than the U.S. is. But, uh, yeah, I, I really feel for those bands and, and those venues and those booking agents that, that that's their career is, is music. Yeah. And I, I hope that what we can get back to some sense of normalcy and, and get those bands back going and be able to support them and support, you know, venues and everything else that, that are, have been really hurting recently. Yeah. No kidding. Now, uh, I guess some uh, odd little question, but, or maybe you, whatever your answer may be, may help some, some other band down the line that'll listen to us, you know, being, like you said, you're, you're not a, a huge band yet, yet. Right. So, what have been some of the challenges to kind of broaden, you know, your audience past, you know, Vegas? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, I, I think for when I, when I think about that in general, I, I feel like the main, the, the, the hardest part is when, when you look at life and music now, if you're, if you're older, like we are in our forties, you know, like, I mean, just the sheer volume of bands that are out there and the accessibility to music is just staggering. Right. Yeah. And, and just the, and the ability to like, you know, like we wrote this at, at my house, you know, we recorded it and I think it turned out like sonically pretty good. Like we recorded it in my house, you know, so like, like oh, it's so easy for bands to be able to write and make music. I think one of the biggest challenges in general, I think is just like, there's just so much out there. You know, it's so hard to stand out in a crowd of, of, of any type. And, you know, there's so many good bands that no one's ever heard of just because of the sheer volume of bands. So I think one of the just challenging things is it's just the math. You know, I mean, it's just like there's so many bands out there. Everyone's social media is booked with, like, you know, bands they like, your friends telling you to listen to that. It's just, it's just so almost overwhelming. So I think, I think just, like, when it comes to that perspective, you know, as opposed to, you know, back in the day when you would, you know, go to Sam Goody or, you know, whatever record store, or you go to Amoeba in the Bay Area, and, you know, you have a lot less to choose from. Now you just have so much to choose from. Yeah. Um, I think that makes it challenging, you know, just because there are so many good things, you know, to, to choose from. And, you know, it's hard. You know, you can't buy every single record you want to buy. You know, like, if I did, I'd be broke. You know, there's so much good music I can think of in the last month that's come out. I'm like, man, I need to buy these 12 records, you know, but yeah. I can't afford to, so... Um, I think that, that for, for me, I feel like that's kind of like a challenging, a challenging factor. I'm Joel's probably got some additional perspective. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with Scott. And, um, also for us, because we're, I guess, older and in our careers and families, even playing shows and booking tours is tough. 
we have to make sure everyone's available and uh, we can get the time off from work and and all of that. So we've we've last year we did a was it last year? It might have been a year. It might be two years ago now, almost two years ago, where we we played um, a week about a week, I think five or six days in up and down California. Yeah. And we had to make sure everyone could get the time off. And, uh, you know, we're trying to book shows and we're talking to friends, bands that live in Northern California, you know, middle of California, Southern California. And we're trying to book all of these shows. And it, it was awesome. And it was great. We had so much fun. Um, but, you know, it's also hard because yeah. I have, you know, people at work like texting me, Hey, when you come back, can you check this out? And I'm just like, yeah, I'm driving in, in like Bakersfield, California, but let me just pull over on the side of the road to check something out for you. You know? Right. So, you know, the, the, the when, when you're younger and you have less responsibility and you have a, maybe a part-time job or a job that you can just quit and don't care about because you don't have as many responsibilities, you know, personally and financially, like you're, you're free to do whatever you want, whenever you want. Yeah. Um, so as you get older, it's a little bit harder to, to carve out time for everything, practicing, recording, playing shows. Uh, but we try as best as we can to, to play some shows, have some fun, uh, do as much as we can to better our band and get our name out there without putting any undue stress on our lives, both personally and, and work-wise. Yeah. Well, I guess it, you know, being in the band or you know still being in producing music at this age is kind of a, a beautiful thing though because just like you mentioned you have a job it's not like you're a hundred percent totally dependent on music making your money for you to where you can enjoy this instead of being stressed out about it you know it's like shit we can't tour and we totally depend on it uh so i guess you're kind of lucky in that sense yeah, we're also lucky that, you know, financially we um we can afford the toys that we always wanted, you know, like when you're when you're when you're when you're a kid, you know, you're going to you're going to buy whatever guitar and whatever cheap amp you can. Oh yeah. And you know, I I like now I can take some of the maybe irresponsible liberties to buy, you know, four different guitar heads and you know, I have a room full of guitars which I don't really probably need, but I, you know, I've worked hard and I've I've been able to do that. And that's also, you know, again, you know, I'm able to build like a little bit of a studio in, in my house, which I've always dreamed of doing. So yeah. that's like, a, yeah, there's definitely some, some, uh, some bonus points for being an older dude trying to do, to do hardcore is you can kind of have the gear and some of the financial means to do some of these things that you may not have done when you were, when you were younger. So that's definitely, uh, something that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. And you know what, I mean, talking to y'all because I mean, you're, you know, we're somewhat similar in age. Y'all kind of inspired me because I used to play guitar back in the day. Not that I was, you know, any Steve Vai or anything like that, but you know, it's, it's given me like, maybe I can still do this just for fun. Even if it's just for me. <laughs> yeah, definitely dude. Yeah. I mean, like I, like, like Joel kind of mentioned, I have, so many songs written I, when the shutdown happened i was in my studio like 90 percent of the time like i have an emo side project that i have songs written for me and joel have this other top secret project that we have songs pretty much almost done for <laughs> i have like a metal project that i have songs done for i have so many things yeah. and you know i mean none of them are going to be real bands necessarily and none of them you know but hey you know maybe i'll, I'll, I'll i'm gonna i'm gonna write them i'm gonna put them out there maybe someone can like them and 
You know, even even if people enjoy it, you know, and if you enjoy it, I think that's that's awesome. I think that's it's super cool. If you, if you enjoy it, I mean, it's better than sitting there watching TV and you know doing nothing. If you can make art, you know, that's right. that's awesome. Oh yeah, hell yeah, that's that's great that you got that going on. So you know, we're almost kind of concluding our interview, but you know, of course, you know, I think the album, the EP is great. I mean, I I really been enjoying it. That it, uh, it's good to have bands still putting out some damn good hardcore music so you know for fans how can they support you right now they can go to waragainstrecords.com and check out our records we have uh vinyl we have two different variants of vinyl we have a t-shirt there we have a long sleeve there um you can just listen to us you can check us out that's the best i mean when we started writing songs we just wanted people to hear them and like them. So the fact that people have heard, now are listening to them is great. Now we just want that to happen even more. We, we're not in this, you know, as we said, like we would love to be a big band, but we don't know if that's really going to happen or if we're just going to play locally and some, some small tours and stuff. But we just want as many people to hear our music as possible. Uh, we put our everything into these songs, uh, musically and lyrically, and we put, spend hours and hours and hours writing and recording and, and getting them mixed and mastered and pressed on vinyl that we, we just want people to hear them as much as possible and, and share with a friend. And, you know, if, if you heard this and you like it, you know, share it with your friends, put it on a Spotify playlist or anything like that, just to get our music uh, out there. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I would agree with Joel. You know, like, yeah, definitely. If you buy, want to buy a record um, or shirt, you know, I mean, um, that, that really obviously helps support us. Um, Ryan from War Against Records done a ton of work to, to kind of help put this this out. And I think, you know, we as artists have tried to put a ton of effort into like every little thing. Me, me and Joel just like nitpick every little, who's going to be on the thanks list? What orders it go in? What color should this background be on? What font should we use? Like every little detail we really try to pay attention to. So, yeah. you know, hopefully we feel that, you know, if you do, if you do want to drop, you know, some money and buy a record, you know, hopefully, you know, we hopefully that, that value is there for you. And not just the songs, but like, you know, like the, the, the picture on the album, the like the song titles, the, the all the little things we, we try to really make it as interesting for the listener as possible. So hopefully, if people are able to pick up a record, they can kind of they can kind of get that value, so to speak, out of it. Heck yeah, man! Now you know. Before we finish up, any last parting words before we conclude here? Uh, for me, I, I want to say thanks for. Thanks for taking the time to chat with us. You know, I mean, it's it's really cool for us to to have any anyone excited or get get experience to to listen to bands. I know that you know, just finding new bands as, as a kid growing up or even now today is just an awesome thing. So I think that what you're doing is is rad. So definitely, thanks for having us. Um, you know, and, and taking the time to chat with us. Of course, man. Yeah, and and hardcore is is not a, a living, breathing thing without bands and and people listening and going to shows so uh you know support support your local band support your local scenes um start a band start a zine start a podcast start a record label do something um because uh, hardcore as a whole is just an awesome thing and we've we've all been part of it for years and years and if you're a younger kid uh who's getting into hardcore like 
don't be afraid that people won't accept you or, you know, you'll be shunned or something like that. Like, it's not, it's not like that. You know, hardcore is an awesome community, uh, a very accepting community. So, um, you know, get into it, stay in it and, and have fun with it. Yeah. Live it. And just, just like I think Scott mentioned, it's like, I mean, this change, it can change your life forever. I know it has for me. Yeah, definitely. Well, guys, yep. Joel, Scott, I appreciate your time. Uh, thanks again. I, again, I really enjoyed that EP, and I look forward to what you got coming out next. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, y'all. Take care. Okay. Bye. You too. Bye. Bye.